You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. The rot is real. America is deliberately being destroyed from within. I hope I'm tripping or not, but is that an upside-down cross, bro? As the expanse of the western United States has finally been breached... It's as if fentanyl is raining on our reservation. That I'll do anything to help. Marvin Weatherwax Jr. is a tribal leader here and says much of the drug activity on his reservation stems from Mexican cartels selling to community members and using their homes, often in remote areas, as distribution hubs. Profit margins soar the further away from the Mexican border you go. A single fentanyl pill that costs between 4 and 25 cents to produce in Mexico can be sold for 50 cents or a dollar in San Diego and over a hundred dollars on some reservations here in Montana. Two years ago, there were 19 police officers for the whole reservation. So they sued the Bureau of Indian Affairs asking for help, but no help arrived. They now say they're down to seven officers. The Blackfeet declared a state of emergency two years ago after 17 people overdosed, leaving four dead in just one week. The drug problem on our reservation, it's so serious that it's uh, pretty much wiping out a generation. Meanwhile, Democrat operatives are targeting black Americans that stray from their clutches of mind control. Now here's some photos from inside the Upper Midwest Law Center. That group has been in the news many times for the work they do, supported by conservatives. The other conservative groups in the Golden Valley office building are the conservative think tank, the center of the American experiment, and Take Charge, a conservative group led by and centered on black Minnesotans. Again, we've seen these patterns of behavior targeted on uh, people, uh, I guess, especially on what they believe in. Um, if it's not in the popular, you know, popular culture, it feels like they have a license to hunt. And we need to make sure that that isn't happening. Congressmen are barred from investigating issues at federally funded immigration centers. Yeah, we just wanted to come in and take a look if we could. We're down here. Uh, Natural Resources Committee had a hearing this week and um, just wanted to stop in and take a look at how this place is operating because we understand that you have a um, lot of migrants coming through here. So unfortunately, we're not allowed to uh, let anybody that's not part of, uh, you know, the employees and staff. Hey, ma'am. So we're, we're not trespassing. No, we're here as members of Congress and um, there are federal dollars that go into this operation. So we have oversight and we just want to go in and see what your operation looks like. We ask for access here. Um, this is federally funded. We believe that as members of Congress, me and Representative Lamalfa should be able to access. Um, but we will move on from here. While foreigners declaring asylum ravage the United States like it's their personal ATM machine. Crackdown on a Romanian organized crime ring accused of skimming more than $2 million from state-issued EBT cards in Orange County. 48 suspects under arrest, including one of Romania's most wanted criminals. Prosecutors say a cell of criminals moved from town to town using stolen EBT card cash to buy baby formula, which is in dire need in Mexico. Then they went down to Mexico to trade the formula with drug cartels. Now, 
now three people with no U.S. IDs are taken into custody in Central Florida. They are accused of stealing money from ATMs, and investigators say it's part of a bigger international crime problem. All of these suspects are transients. Detectives don't know where they live, and in some cases don't even know their real names. As we scoured through the arrest reports, we found three Romanian suspects from three different counties, all charged with fraudulent credit card crimes at ATMs like this one. Time for the United States is running out. The rot is real, and it is exponentially accelerating. John Bowne reporting. That is the latest from John Bowne. If uh, only, well, no, that's a different one. That's a different one. But Band.Video and Infowars.com, there it is. Special report, The Rot is Real by John Bound. Band.Video, Infowars.com. Of course, everything brought to you by Infowarsstore.com. We'll be back on the other side to talk about your daily dispatch. Very big show we have for you today. We'll open up spaces nice and early as well. So stay tuned. It'll be a good one. We'll be right back. It's Tuesday, February 13th in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow Good morning, this. ladies and gentlemen. Happy Mardi Gras to everybody. Happy Fat Tuesday. I hope everybody is feeling fat. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today. A lot of videos to get to. My goodness. Some longer ones, too. We're not going to waste any time here. We're going to be joined by Christina Tobin at the 1030 time slot, nonprofit founder and host of Free and Equal Debate series. Talk about all sorts of good stuff, uh, free and fair elections. We're also going to be opening up the Twitter spaces earlier today, probably around 9 o'clock, get into that. But like I said, we just have an immense amount of news to get into and videos to show you everything from well, John Stewart to the war in Israel, COVID vaccine disasters, and Mossad agents like Gad Sad. Yeah, we'll get into that as well. So let's just get into it. Here it is, your daily dispatch. All right, folks, here it is, your daily dispatch for Tuesday, the 14th of February, 2024. Mega church mass shooter identified as trans free Palestine engraved on gun. This story from Red Voice Media, though we broke it yesterday live on air. Get ready for this story to disappear from the mainstream mockingbird media in three, two, one. From Marjorie Taylor Greene, not only was the shooter a trans from El Salvador, she also had a gun engraved with free, free Palestine, but investigators can't say whether she was politically motivated or not. When this country stops, uh, starts being truthful, regardless of whose feelings get hurt, we will solve many problems. Notice they have him listed as white. Uh, that's another strange thing. They have, they, they have this woman from El Salvador listed as a white man on the crime statistics. That's interesting. Police Chief Troy Finner revealed that the terrifying shooting began in price at Precisely 1.53 p.m., just as the Spanish-language church service was scheduled to commence, the assailant, identified as a woman, brazenly entered the church, brandishing a long rifle, sporting a trench coat, and carrying a backpack. Even more chilling, she was accompanied by a small child, approximately four to five years old, Finner disclosed. And the, the latest from that, sadly, unfortunately, the 
child is not expected to make it, still in the hospital in critical condition. But very, very sad, but also uh, almost predictable at this point. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. We have a list from the Libs of TikTok account. And I'd, I'd forgotten how many of the recent mass shooters were in fact trans and seemingly compelled by their transgender ideology slash mental illness to attack Christians and uh, churches and other Christian institutions. Meanwhile, huge story here. Michigan state lawmaker stripped of committees and budget after retweeting map about great replacement theory, demographic change, a Michigan lawmaker was stripped of his staff, budget, and committee assignments on Monday after sharing a social media post about the great replacement theory or the idea that Democrats are allowing a massive wave of illegal immigrants into the United States for the purpose of securing a loyal voter base and diminishing the percentage of natural-born Americans. In a little bit. Kind of. Uh, not really. A couple things wrong about this. First of all, not a theory. Not a theory. Great replacement is a thing that's happening manifestly obvious, observable, trackable by data and demographic statistics. Not a theory, a thing happening. When they call it a theory, what they mean is that you're not in favor of it. Everybody gets this is happening. It's just whether you like it or not determines whether you're a good person or whether you were stripped of your committees and kicked out of the office that you were elected to. Okay, so there's the uh, there's the meme there is a meme posted by Jack Posobiec says the great replacement and it shows the vanishingly small percentage of the human population that is white European and uh, compared with everybody else because whites are in fact the global minority something that doesn't come up very often when the globalists are talking about representation or minority rights they like to focus on uh Destroying white people mostly, overwhelmingly. And of course, this is true on a global scale, but it's also true in places like Texas, where Hispanics are the majority at this point and whites are an absolute minority or a minority in every sense. Does that mean that all of a sudden minority protections shift from the majority to, to the minority? Do white people get protections from as, as a minority now? Of course not. Of course not, because it's never about protecting minorities. It is about destroying white people. And that's the other thing. It's not about the Democrats allowing a wave of illegal immigrants for the purpose of securing a loyal voter base. It's about destroying white people. <laughs> and that's not a good thing. And nobody should be in favor of that. And it's not a bad thing to speak out about the purposeful, designed, acknowledged destruction of a race of people. Sorry. Sorry to have to be the... Uh, bearer of truth and and common sense here but it's not a bad thing to oppose genocide essentially or the great replacement the detroit news called this a racist population conspiracy theory which actually we're just pointing out that it's happening uh if you want to get into why it's happening and who's doing it and how they're conspiring to bring this inevitability about uh then yeah it is a conspiracy it is, it is absolutely a conspiracy like i said not a theory, not a theory, just a thing that's happening, and uh, it's called Celebration Parallax. It's where you can talk about the same thing as the Democrats, but if you say whites are becoming a minority in their own country and I don't like that, you're a racist and you'll be crushed by 
whatever legal means can be wielded against you. If you say whites are becoming a minority and we love that, then you're just uh, celebrating diversity because you're progressive. Celebration parallax. I like that phrase. And that's what's uh, at play here. The Detroit News called this a racist population conspiracy theory. House Speaker Joe Tate said that Representative Josh Shriver of Oxford will still be able to vote for his constituents' interests on the House floor. He will have no access to office resources other than at the discretion and pleasure of the Speaker's office. Shriver is in his first term, all of this over a social media post. And we will get right back into this. We'll finish the Daily Dispatch, then we'll touch again on what exactly is going on here. Meanwhile, just like uh, airline companies and BlackRock, the Democrat propagandists are realizing DEI doesn't pay the dividends they were expecting, and they're bringing back the old guard. John Stewart returns to The Daily Show, his first show yesterday. John Stewart tears into Trump and Biden in Daily Show Return. Elon Musk reacts. John Stewart, who host, uh, who returned to host The Daily Show after nine years on Monday, wasted no time in roasting U.S. President Joe Biden and his rival Donald Trump, pointing out that both 2024 presidential candidates seem to be having age-related problems. Now, we have uh, the clip of this. We'll go to it in just a second. I, I guess this is going to have to be a daily thing now. I guess a part of American Journal is now going to have to be combating the very and honestly and admirably sophisticated propaganda uh, from John Stewart. Oh, he's only hosting on Monday. He's only hosting the Daily Show on Monday. All right. Yeah, well, we'll, I believe he only hosts on Mondays. That's the word I got. Okay. Well, I guess calling it the Daily Show. A little bit of a misnomer then. A little bit of a misnomer if it is in fact the Weekly Show. Announcing indecision 2024 electile dysfunction, the 61-year-old comedian slammed Biden for his reaction to special counsel Robert Hur's report on classified materials, which highlighted the incumbent president's advanced age and cognitive abilities. Again, we will, we will get into this, too. Uh, I, I think it's important. If it's every month or every week, we'll have to do that. If it's every day, we'll have to do that because, again, Jon Stewart, very funny dude, very sophisticated propaganda at play here. And I'm, I'm completely serious in this. I was also once a young, dumb person. I also once got a hefty portion of my news from The Daily Show. And I remember having conversations with my dad at the time. And he was like, no, that's leftist propaganda, son. I'd be like, no, no, he makes fun of Obama, too. And I just remember my dad just kind of like shaking his head, just being like, No. at the time i was just like no no john stewart's very very in the middle actually he makes fun of both sides and that's what's so funny about him and that's sort of what he did last night and again we'll play you the clip but and it is it's sophisticated so i feel like now i i need to uh break down i need to really like in in a systematic sort of way explain what exactly he's doing because he does he starts off the show making fun of joe biden but then he's making fun of Trump. And at the end of the day, what you're left with is this idea that not only is what's happening with Joe Biden not that big of a deal, but that Trump is really the one we should be worried about. And he's really the, the bad guy in all of it. And again, in a very sophisticated and frankly, very funny way. He's a very funny guy, way funnier than the uh, DEI hire that they had uh, warming his seat in the meantime, which is should have been obvious from the beginning. It's it's pretty different 
when you have sort of a neurotic, short Jewish guy making fun of you versus like a handsome, charismatic uh, black guy from South Africa. It, it, the jokes hit a little bit different. And that's a big part of uh, comedy. And comedy is the vessel through which they are propagandizing everyone. So again, we'll get into that, break it down thoroughly. Meanwhile, literally while we were all sleeping, Senate passes controversial foreign aid bill sending billions to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. And once again, we're struck with the absurdity of this idea that these old men in Washington, D.C. are working late into the night when really what they're doing is just like, we want to send pen, we want to send 10 billion of their dollars to that place. And they're like, well, we want to send 10 billion dollars to that place and this other place. And it's like, you get this sense since they're working into the night, working overnight, the rest of America is sleeping, but the politicians are hard at work as if this is some sort of like engineering, you know, you're eight Ukraine and kicked the hornet's nest, the tangled web of influence and exploitation and corruption that's represented by Ukraine, just for everybody from Pelosi to Romney to Biden with their families dipping their fingers into this honeypot of Ukraine. He tried to investigate that. He tried to look into it. He tried to see what exactly was happening between America and Ukraine, and they uh, impeached him over that. You remember when that happened? Well, they're going to do it again, apparently. J.D. Vance said on Twitter, I just sent the below memo to every one of my Republican colleagues in Congress. Buried in the bill's text is an impeachment time bomb for the next Trump presidency if he tries to stop funding the war in Ukraine. We must vote against this disastrous bill. At the core of the 2019 impeachment, wrote Vance, was $391 million in security assistance, $250 million through the DOD's Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative, and $141 million through the State Department's Foreign Military Finance Program. The current funding bill includes $1.6 billion for foreign military financing in Ukraine and $13.7 billion for Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative. He wrote in an op-ed in the American Conservative, this, Vance wrote, provides the kill switch because the legislation explicitly requires funding for Ukraine well into the next presidential term. So in other words, if Trump were to try to not continue the senseless, murderous, proxy war in Ukraine, uh, they would be able to impeach him for that because, well, like vampires subsist on the, the blood of virgins, our government subsists on the blood of everyone, on war itself, on the absolute madness taking place in Ukraine. And we'll get into that a little bit more later as well. We have videos that have really been coming out quite a bit. We haven't played them very much on this show, but... It's people in Ukraine filming the uh, press gangs, I guess you could call them, you know, fathers just desperately trying to not be shipped off to a front while they'll be used as cannon fodder in order to support the illegitimate and at this point unelected Zelensky regime. And uh, yeah, they're, they're shoved in a car and driven away never to see their family again. It's absolutely brutal. Of course, it'll get easier once they have you know, fully implemented the digital ID bank accounts in Ukraine. And I was just imagining you know, what it'll be like, what it is like in Ukraine right now and what it will be like eventually here if we allow them to implement digital ID and link our bank accounts through a central bank digital currency. And you can just imagine going out to get a bite to eat, going to a sandwich shop, 
order a sandwich, you go to pay, and it's like, actually, you've been, uh, sorry, the, the card got rejected. And you're like, what? And you pull up your, your phone, you go to your digital ID app, and it's like, oh, yeah, your bank account has been frozen until you report to the uh, army barracks down the road. And it's just like, you know, it'll be easy. They won't have to send men out to actually physically grab you and shove you in a van and take you away. Uh, they'll literally just cut you off from your money until you report to be sent to the front lines. It's brutal and horrific. And I can't even tell you why. I can't even tell you why it's happening other than these people are psychopaths. Every last one of them from here to Ukraine and back again. So that's it. That's your uh, daily dispatch. I do want to remind you to go to InfoWarsStore.com, by the way. Bod Ease is back in stock. Our extremely powerful and effective uh, uh, turmeric supplement, turmeric and black pepper, as well as a number of other powerful, powerful herbs that work in synthesis with one another to maximize the inflation-fighting capabilities that are natural in turmeric. It's 40% off right now, an extremely powerful supplement, and of course keeps us on the air, and not just American Journal, not just the Alex Jones Show in the War Room, but also the incredible content creators we have at Band.Video, like John Bowne and the, the great videos he comes out with, Greg Reese, and all the others. All of that is brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com. That's the only place we get any funding whatsoever. We have a lot of videos to talk about. By the way, in case you missed it, the World Government Summit 2024 is taking place right now from the 12th to the 14th of February. All of the unelected, self-appointed, oligarchical overlords are meeting in Dubai, I believe, to discuss how best to enslave humanity. There, do it openly and uh, aren't shy about it. The World Government Summit 2024, Tucker Carlson went there. And just like Elon Musk before him and just like uh, Javier Malay did at the Davos meeting, he basically went up on stage and shattered the entire paradigm that the world government plutocratic psychopaths uh, try to push constantly. And those videos have been going pretty viral. But I actually want to go to clip number three here because World, uh, world Economic Foundation or World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab gave a speech. This is another one of his little pet projects, and we'll get into exactly what the topics are they're discussing at the World Economic Forum's sort of uh, second big big get-together. I mean, it's amazing how often these things happen. It's pretty much once a month, and people like Klaus Schwab and a whole bunch of others, their whole lives are literally just hopping from one event to the next. Every month they put together a Congress. It is a Congress. It is the world government. It, it operates like a government. It's people in powerful positions. It's people who control economies and media outlets and scientific fields coming together once a month to get their orders to return back to their national homelands to then implement the policies that have been decided and dictated to them by unelected uh, billionaire anti-human vampires. So, it's just a constant reinforcement of the ideas that, they, uh, that they're pushing. And I'm rambling too long. Let's go to clip number three. Here is uh, Klaus Schwab saying that the transition of humankind is underway. Let's watch. And when I was speaking here seven years ago, after having written a book about the fourth industrial revolution, I showed how this revolution 
will change how we live, how we act, how we communicate, how we produce, and how we consume. Now, we are speaking not just about the fourth industrial revolution. We are speaking about the transition of humankind into a new era, which is not just characterized by technological change. A new era where humankind will enjoy many more opportunities and possibilities. It's a transition. It's a transition from the, we first had the transition about 100 years ago, from the agricultural society to the industrial society. But today, we speak about the transition into what I would call the intelligent age. And I did something maybe unusual I took ChatGPT and I had a long discussion with ChatGPT, with my pot, if I may say so, to see how this new era will look like. And finally, I had about 20 pages of text and I asked ChatGPT, summarize the text and tell me now, based on our discussion, how will the new era, the intelligent era, look like? And I read you the text. Envisioning a future propelled by the technologies of the fourth industrial revolution, we see a new dawn of human civilization. New dawn of human civilization. One, it's not a dawn, it is a sunsetting of human civilization and a surrender to the machine. 29 years on air, all I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate, and we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methyl folate with high quality organic B complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy. The strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, folks. Yes, a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about. And uh, let's, let's get into what happened in Michigan yesterday. Very bizarre occurrence, if I say so myself. Michigan state lawmaker stripped of committees and his entire budget after retweeting a map about the Great Replacement Theory demographic change. 
Michigan lawmakers stripped of his staff, budget, and committee assignment on Monday after sharing a social media post about the Great Replacement Theory or the idea that Democrats are allowing a massive wave of illegal immigrants into the United States for the purpose of securing a loyal voter base and diminishing the percentage of natural-born citizens. There's the meme you're seeing on the screen right there. It was posted originally by Jack Posobiec, retweeted by this Michigan lawmaker, uh, Josh Shriver of Oxford. Uh, And so he's been stripped of his power, stripped of his ability to represent the people that elected him. Similar thing happened in the uh, national government with Steve King a couple years ago when he said there's uh, nothing wrong basically with being proud of being white. It's not so much about voting. Like the way this post-millennial article puts it is very sort of con ink, right? They're trying to get voted. They're trying to get votes in. Oh, that's part of it. Sure. I guess that's happening. A loyal voter base and diminishing the percentage of natural born Americans. Well, white people. They're trying to get rid of white people. They're trying to get rid of the white middle class who have a history and a a heritage through Europe of self-determination and liberalism and, uh, basic inherent freedoms given to us by God. These are all European inventions the European people brought about and enshrined into law. And that's an inconvenience for tyrants who want to enslave you. So you get rid of the people, you get rid of the ideas those people carry with them. That's what it's all about. It really is. Not to say that non-white people can't also understand and uh, progress these ideas. It's just that as a whole, as a percentage of the population, they don't. So this is borne out in every poll and every statistic when it comes to voting. You know, when they ask any people and divided by race, like, what's more important to you, safety or small government? You know, would you rather the government be bigger or smaller? White people are the only demographic that say they want smaller government, that say liberty is more important than safety, that say they support the Second Amendment, that say they support all the things that America was founded on, for the purpose of protecting the people from the despotic actions of tyrants, it's white people alone who oppose this. And we've shown the clip before on this show. Klaus Schwab has said it in no uncertain terms with Joe Biden sitting on the stage with him where he says, you know, the middle class are our are are number one barrier to implementing the fourth industrial revolution is the middle class because poor people will go along with the system because they depend on it. The elites will go along with this system because they benefit from it and control it. It's the middle class, mostly white people in America and Europe, that put up the biggest barrier because they don't like being taken advantage of. They don't go along with the manipulation. They don't want to surrender their hard-won freedoms to the despotic actions of the elite. So that's what it's about. It's about getting rid of the only group demographic group of people that can oppose in a effective way the desires of the elite, the globalist in charge. That's what it's about. And I'm just, just telling you the facts. That's what these people think. If you disagree with me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the people at the top agree with me. The people at the top recognize this and talk about this and describe this to one another. So they're the ones doing this on that on the basis of that belief. So you can try to convince them that white people aren't a threat. You can try to convince them that they shouldn't destroy white people, but they're the ones doing it. So I'm talking about it, 
But if you disagree with me, it doesn't matter because you're not the one making the decision. The people at the top are, and they agree with me on this. They understand this. So sorry. Sorry to tell you that, but I think white people deserve uh, to exist. And I know that makes me a Nazi, apparently, but uh, it actually just makes me a, a decent, normal human being that actually appreciates and genuinely enjoys diversity within humanity. I actually like different cultures with their own expressions, their own ideas, their own morals and cultural artwork and heritage and traditions. I actually like all of those things. I don't want us all to be melted into one plastic consumerist global homogenized soup of indeterminate purpose, right? So, you know, that's me. Actually love humanity, actually love people of all types, and just like I wouldn't be in favor and am not in favor of the deliberate destruction of non-white people, I'm also not in favor of the deliberate destruction of white people. That's a consistent belief, unlike all of these racist genocidists who uh, think that because it's white people, it's okay to eliminate their existence in their own country. Now, Josh Shriver, again, simply posted a meme, a reposted a meme from Jack Posobiec showing the uh, visualization of the Great Replacement. And if you do divide the world by race, white people are the tiniest little bit. We're tiny, we're a tiny little percentage of the world population compared to Asians and China or South Asians and India or Africans or any other group of people massively outnumber white people. We are the absolute minority. Never comes up for discussion uh, when talking about minority rights or representation or, you know, any of these things. You know, what they like to do is is they'll pick out like America. Basically, they say like, you know, white people don't deserve to be in positions of power in their own countries because that's somehow unfair. It's all arbitrary. All of their beliefs are utterly and completely arbitrary and really just manipulated and deployed. Again, arbitrarily, just capriciously, uh, whenever they want, right? So if it's white people of the minority, but have uh, positions in charge, then it's, uh, you know, bad because minorities shouldn't rule over the majority. If white people are the majority and want to implement things that benefit them, then it's oppressing the minority groups. It's just whatever hurts and destroys white people. That's what they're going with because they tell you in their own discussions and their own white papers and everything where they're like, what is whiteness? Whiteness is freedom and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and you know, all the good things that make America great. That's whiteness and whiteness must be destroyed. They're not shy about this. In fact, clip number 11, here's a two minute compilation of the media saying exactly what Josh uh, Shriver said about demographic changes in our country. Let's watch. It seems harder and harder to ignore that the echoes of replacement theory and other racially motivated views are increasingly coming out into the open. In a few years, we're going to be a majority brown country. White people will not be the majority in the country anymore. This will be the first generation ever in American history uh, in which whites will be a minority of the generation at some point. As of 2007, 
Every year, babies being born in this country, whites now are the minority. In 2044, uh, everyone is going to be a minority. As the demographics change, as white people become the minority in the country, which is coming. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny, right? The country is changing. I've been saying it here. Other people have been saying it here for years now, even before Donald Trump. The demographics is destiny. The white population is declining for the first time in history in America, while the number of multiracial Americans have more than doubled. So we live in a country where the demographics are changing. It's becoming less white. Uh, correct. Okay. You'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics, because of the population growth. The growth in Texas has been almost entirely driven by non-white population growth, mostly by... See, so, so if you get this, demographics growth. is destiny, and they're changing the demographics on purpose, meaning they're changing the destiny on purpose, meaning they're deliberately taking out white people. Again, it's not that this is a theory. It's not that the Great Replacement is some sort of racist theory. It's absolutely happening. They all know it. We all know it. Everybody knows it. It's just whether you're in favor of that because you love genocide and hate white people, or if you're against it because you don't want white people destroyed, that determines whether or not the people that voted for you actually get to get representation or whether you're stripped of all your power. But folks, we're standing up for our rights. We're standing up for your rights. We're standing up for all of our freedoms and our children. If you don't spread the word about the broadcast, if you don't share the links, if you don't buy products at InfoWarsShore.com, then I'm not griping at you. I'm just saying, what are you doing? Less than 1% of you ever buy a product at InfoWarsStore.com. If just a half a percent more would go buy a book or a film or a t-shirt or get some of our great supplements and then reorder them because they really work, just try it. We would be able to do so many things. I'm praying to God that he'll touch your heart to decide to support us. InfoWarsStore.com. It's been sold out. It's back in stock. Reformulated even stronger. Nitric boost to clean out your blood and your whole body. Vasodilation. It's got a lot of wonderful side effects, and I mean good ones. I'm going to leave it at that. It is powerful, so be careful with it. Next Level Foundational Energy, InfoWarsStore.com. Or triple A two five three three one three nine. The eugenicists over a hundred years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers. That the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick evil scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is American Journal, InfoWars.com. good uh, uh, interpretations of what's happened to Josh Shriver. 
And it happened to Steve King as well. When he was stripped of his committee appointments for being like, what's wrong with white people? And they're just like, how dare you? How dare you not hate yourself and your entire race? Again, it's it's sick. It's sick, and it would be sick for anybody to feel this way about their own people. It would be sick. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are if you are literally like, my people are evil and deserve to be destroyed in their own countries. It's like, well, what have they done to you? What has happened to you? Why would you say that about anybody ever? It's sick. And of course, you know, when I say this on Twitter, yeah, the problem with white people. Yeah, John Stewart's one of the worst. We'll get into John Stewart here in just a little bit. <clears throat> Don't worry about that. But when I tweet, I, I retweeted the same meme as Jack Posobiec saying just the fact that whites are a global minority and as such, maybe they deserve uh, some special protection. And responses I got were basically just like, oh, well, why don't we just put you on a reserve? It's like, okay. We all we all recognize now that what happened to the Native Americans was not good. I'm not in favor of it. I think it was bad. I think it was horrible, actually. You know, it had a lot to do with disease and a lot of stuff that people actually didn't have control over. So it was less of a deliberate genocide as much of just a horrible tragedy that I wish hadn't happened. Uh, but we don't get that same sort of feeling. It's revenge against us, right? It's hatred and deliberate destruction of white people. They gloat about it. They laugh at it. Uh, they mock you for saying, hey, maybe I don't want my culture, heritage, people to be eliminated through demographic change. Uh, they basically say, you deserve it. You deserve it. So, it, you know, it's not like some sort of, well, we just love everybody and we just want everybody to be safe. No, they're like, we want white people to go away and be destroyed. We hate them. And they're like very open and, and deliberate and, and obvious about this. So uh, I'm against that. I know. I know, very, very dangerous thing to say these days, which is pathetic, but that's just how it is. But again, some good interpretations of this. Dissident Soaps responds to this post about Josh Shriver being stripped of his committee members and budgets and everything except for the bare minimum that they have to allow him. And they'll probably just kick him out of office eventually. But Dissident Soap says, the cool thing about our democracy, TM, is that if your extremely red voting district actually manages to elect somebody that represents their views, the establishment can simply strip them of all power and efficacy, effectively disenfranchising you for daring to elect them. Which is exactly right and incredibly infuriating. What he said was not, again, anything even objectionable. It's nothing that leftists even disagree with. It's just whether or not you like what's happening or not. Everybody gets what's happening. Everybody knows it's happening. They gloat over it. They brag about it. They talk about how they're designing policies to bring it, you know, this situation about. Uh, if you say that's good, white people being destroyed, hooray, then you'll be empowered. You're, you are a hero, apparently. But if you say, hey, white people are being destroyed, I don't think that's a good thing. Well, then they'll just strip you of all of your power. <laughs> they'll just fire you from your job. They'll just eliminate you as, as a effective representative for the people who elected you. They'll just do it. They don't have any right to do it. But this is how thoroughly anti-white this entire so-called democracy is. John Miller, likely, uh, likewise, has good reading on this. 
First, the Dems import the third world by the millions to replace white voters. Then the Republican opposition party calls you names and strips you of your assignments when you point it out. It's quite the little system our overlords have here to ensure America's destructions. John Miller, I remind you, not white. Not, you don't have to be white to recognize when a race of people, when white people themselves, are being targeted for destruction, stripped of their power, and even suggesting that they not be destroyed is used as a, as a tool to eliminate you. It's sickening. And again, you, it kind of, makes, kind of makes white people feel like suckers, right? Kind of makes me feel like a sucker. Kind of makes me, you know, it's like you hear about apartheid in South Africa and you're like, that's horrible. That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't be that way. And it's just like, oh, you, can't, you kind of feel like a sucker. You kind of feel like a sucker because you, you have this idea that we're all in this together. It's humanity. Nobody deserves to be targeted for their race. And then like you implement that and then it's like the people that you, you've advocated for turn around and just like want to want you dead. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, shoot, shoot. I thought this was like a reciprocal thing that we would both be against the unfair oppression of somebody based on race. But no, okay, you're for that. You're just not for it against you. You're for it against me. Okay, I feel like a sucker now. I feel like an absolute sucker. And so, of course, this leads us into the invasion that's taking place, the full-scale demographic genocide taking place at the southern border. Reports are that in this year alone, in meaning basically in the month of January, 988,000 immigrants have crossed the border. It's nearly a million. So nearly a million people in a single month crossing the southern border. I remind you, there is no shortage of people. They'll never run out of people to cross the border. There's never a point where it's like, okay, once you let in 50 million, it'll start trickling off. It'll start sort of slowing down. It'll never slow down. There's billions of people in the third world that could be shipped to America. It it will never stop unless it is stopped. It'll never just pitter out, right? So it's, it's good to recognize that and recognize that if this isn't not just stopped but actually reversed with massive, massive amounts of deportation, then uh, demographics is destiny, and demographics have been designed on purpose to eliminate the native inhabitants of Europe and America. Now, there's a story from Axios called How Infighting Turmoil Fueled Biden's Border Struggle, where they explain the just unrelenting chaos and insanity that characterizes every Democrat in power. Uh, Bill Malugin summarized this. He says, new brutal reporting from Axios, an article titled How Biden Botched the Border. Here's some highlights from it. One, Biden exploded with rage at his team aboard Air Force One on the way to border uh, to the border last year. Two, Susan Rice called HHS Secretary Xavier Becerra a female dog, donkey, and idiot with uh, Vice President Harris's team made it clear her responsibilities began and ended with root causes in just the three Northern Triangle countries and Mexico, with a former Biden admin saying Harris had been, at best, ineffective. Right, so she was, she was the one that they ostensibly put in charge of the border. I don't think she's ever visited the border, actually. But they interpret that idea as, you know, when we say, hey, we need to protect our border from the influx of tens of millions of foreigners coming into our country illegally. They interpret that as, please, steal our taxpayer money and send it to the countries that are sending their people to us. They have an idea that they can s- solve the root causes 
by just giving billions of dollars to the corrupt countries south of our border as if that has anything to do with what's going on, especially when a huge percentage of the people crossing the border now are Africans and Chinese people, which has nothing to do with the Northern Triangle or Mexico or anything of the sort. Uh, but everything's a scam, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Apparently, Mayorkas disagreed with Biden's 100-day halt on deportations, of course, because he's – well, because his uh, grandparents didn't die in the Holocaust. So obviously now America can't deport anybody. <laughs> That's how that works. Homeland Security Advisor Liz Sherwood Randall displayed inexperience, asked for a memo explaining the difference between refugees and asylum seekers. Yet another – Point here where uh, it doesn't matter. They're all magical words like open sesame that allow people to break our law with impunity by invoking them. They don't mean anything. Nobody's seeking asylum. Nobody's a refugee coming across our border right now. And this is obvious. We've shown the videos. It's like a, literally people from Morocco going, yeah, I better get into America. I paid $10,000 to get here. I'm a Twitch live streamer. I stream video games for a living, and now I want to do it in America, so I paid somebody thousands of dollars to get me here. And it's like, well, are they a refugee or an asylum seeker? Uh, it doesn't matter. They're going to click one on the app and uh, be allowed into the country for saying that word. So it's magic. It's all magic. Biden administration has listened to vocal immigration advocates outside the administration. The White House generally didn't want to talk publicly about immigration or the border for much of Biden's first three years, feeling it would draw attention to a political vulnerability, which is one way to put it. Sure. Sure. It's like a... Like a murderer doesn't want to highlight the uh, evidence that they're the murderer. Yeah, it would, it would uh, draw attention to their legal vulnerability. Well, you're destroying America on purpose, and the Americans don't like that. Uh, and it goes on and on. He uh, says, you know, it highlights a combination of infighting, incompetence, and indifference regarding the administration's handling of the border over the last three years. Uh, they're not indifferent. They care a lot about this, and they're doing it on purpose, and they're extremely good at it. They're not incompetent. They're extremely good at destroying America. Hey, let me start by saying you do a great show. Thank you. Hey, let me point out that I took X2 iodine. I started taking that stuff. The best iodine I think I ever found is what you guys are selling. When did you start taking and it? I, about four years ago, I had high blood pressure, and I was on blood pressure medicine. Mm -hmm. And I started eating a little better, but my blood pressure stayed high. And when I took X2 iodine, after about three or four weeks, I think my body detoxified of a bunch of metals and stuff that my body was storing. And my blood pressure came down to perfect level. And I tell people the only thing I did was X2 iodine. And even though I do think all your other products are good, I recommend to anybody that they start with X2 iodine because it detoxifies your body and kind of kicks your natural DNA in, into uh, full force. So in my, in my life, I found X2 iodine the best. I tried other iodines and they didn't have the same effect. But so X2 iodine, I really wanted to point that out. Watching the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the American Journal. We're going to open up uh, Twitter spaces here in just a little bit. We're actually going to go uh, live on the InfoWars account, and then I'll join as a, as a co-host. 
and we're mixing it up a little bit because what we'll be able to do is during the commercial breaks, I can actually join spaces on my phone. So if you're listening to us through spaces, instead of hearing commercials, we can chat. And if you want to chime in, you can request to speak, leave a comment uh, saying what you want to say, and we'll have a, have a little round table, a little Twitter round table. And we have a lot of videos still to get to today. We're going to be breaking down the latest from uh, John Stewart and his triumphant return to the Daily Show. We're also going to be talking about Gad Sad uh, admitting that he's a Mossad agent and some bizarre outcomes from that whole thing. But continuing with uh, the deliberate demographic replacement of white people, not just in America, but everywhere white people reside. We have this story from CTV News. An alleged gang rape shocks Italy and provides fodder for an ascendant far right. Okay, so what actually happened here is that a 13-year-old girl was raped, gang raped in front of her boyfriend in a public park in Sicily. Uh, That's what actually happened. So the way they frame it as this is fodder for an ascendant far right, much in the same way that New York Times reports on the special counsel report about Joe Biden saying he was mentally incapable of being charged with a crime. They say Republicans pounce on this report, right? How about you actually report the thing? How about you actually report the thing that happened? And then if you want to mention it, you can mention that the right wing has an appropriate response to the horrible situation that has occurred. We actually want to stop these horrible situations from happening. That's not because we have some other alternative agenda that we're actually pursuing, that you're helping to uncover and stopping us from having fodder for pursuing our... No, we don't like when 13-year-olds are gang-raped by people from a different country that were brought here by their own government. That's a bad thing, and it's not right-wing to oppose that. It's basic humanity. So that's the way that uh, CTV discusses this story. The case is reminiscent of two alleged gang rapes last summer. A group of seven men and teenage boys between the ages of 15 and 18 are currently on trial for the alleged rape of a 19-year-old girl in Palermo in August. Weeks later, nine young men were arrested and charged with allegedly raping two cousins aged 10 and 12 near Raples and broadcasting the attack live on social media. They, too, are facing trial. Well, the worst thing about that, the worst thing when nine Muslim guys rape a 10 and 12-year-old in a gang Uh, The worst thing about that is how it feeds the right wing's talking points. Isn't that the worst? That's really the bad thing about that, I think. That's what they're saying. Uh, And it goes on and on. I'm going to play this clip. This clip is extremely poignant, actually. Clip number four. uh, It's hard to understand at this point because of the way that the liars on the left continually tell us that they trust the science and follow the facts and they're obsessed with the truth and us over here on the right wing we just do whatever trump says like that's the talking point that's constantly pushed across the reality is as this woman lays out truth itself at this point everywhere in the world is far right it's right wing just like opposing migrant rape gangs is far right right wing activity let's go now to clip number four truth has become a right wing concept you cannot say it because if you say it you are considered right-wing, and to be right-wing is to be in league with the forces of evil. Education was turned from being the transmission of a culture down through the generations 
into the overturning of a culture on the basis that the culture was illegitimate, racist, colonialist, and all the rest of it. And we are where we are. So knowledge and wisdom are increasingly unacquainted. Well, knowledge and wisdom are right-wing and white supremacist, actually. Men can give birth. Uh, some dude from the Congo is uh, an asylum seeker. Yeah, truth is right-wing. Taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people, it's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, folks. We're going to get into uh, the new daily show, The Return of Jon Stewart, here in just a second. Before we do that, finishing up here with the anti-white agenda, exactly what it is. There's, a, there's like a multifaceted aspect to the invasion crisis, multi-layered attack taking place. And this is a very good example of it. Mayor Brandon Johnson touts $18 million invested in black and Latino businesses to feed migrants. Okay, so migrants are crossing the border at, at this point, around a million people a month. Obviously, the vast majority of them are non-white. In fact, if you wanted to actually bring over people that deserve asylum and deserve refugee status. It would be like the white farmers in South Africa. But if you say, hey, the white farmers in South Africa who are being deliberately targeted for extermination by their own government deserve asylum, then you are called a white supremacist conspiracy theorist by the New York Times and others. So it is, there's a very deliberate racial aspect to this. And as millions of... of non-white people flood into white countries because it's not just America where this is happening. I'll explain that in just a second. The government is both paying for that to happen using your tax dollars to fund the UN and the NGOs who receive big checks from the government to facilitate and organize and transport uh, the the waves of migrants coming across the border. Uh, Then your tax dollars are are further taken, more of them are taken, and then given to Deliberate, like specifically non-white companies to then house and feed the migrants. And again, this is, we're in the situation where it's like they've somehow set up the discussion, the dichotomy in the world where they sit there and go, we are benefiting black and non-white companies. We're going to give them exclusive access to our government contracts And that's celebrated as a good thing. But if you say you shouldn't be discriminating against white people, you're the bad guy. Okay, you get how messed up and backwards and screwed this all is. Mayor Brandon Johnson touts $18 million invested in black and Latino businesses to feed migrants. Mayor Brandon Johnson on Tuesday celebrated a network of black and Latino owned Chicago businesses that he said have fed more than 10,000 migrants with the help of a $17.6 million, mostly in state funding. Touring BJ's Market and Bakery on the far south side, the mayor took the opportunity to highlight the meal service amid growing budgetary concerns, including from black communities, over his costly mission to care for asylum seekers. The diner is one of 17 small businesses working under the Greater Chicago Food Depository to provide food throughout the city's migrant shelters, according to a news release from the mayor's office. Uh, We can actually go 
to that video. I believe, yeah, clip number two here. White, white-owned businesses have been excluded from Chicago city contracts based solely on the owner's race. Let's watch. The $17 million investment uh, for these 18 black and brown small businesses is really the, um, it really captures what I call the soul of Chicago. It's who we are. Last May, the city of Chicago called on the food depository to help feed new arrivals. Yeah, so not only are you being demographically replaced, uh, your money is being paid to house and feed them, but only and exclusively from vendors that are not white. So it's just, again, just multi, multi-layered, multi-faceted aspects to this whole anti-white agenda. And again, they say you're the bad guy if you simply point this out or say the same things they say, but don't think it's a good thing. So what the mayor just said was he's deliberately excluding white people from the millions of dollars of government contracts to pay for the non-white people coming in. And if you say it's a good thing, then you're mayor of Chicago. If you say it's a bad thing, you're a Nazi and you get kicked off of your uh, committees, even though you were elected. But it's not just America where this is happening. Michael O'Keefe on Twitter points out how this is taking place in the UK and Ireland. Mail on Sunday with a massive report on the immigration scam. Half of the highest paid firms are foreign owned. So this is not even, this is even less about white people versus non-white people. This is, they are bringing in foreigners to Ireland by the millions and the accommodations and the vendors that are paying for the food and lodging of these invaders who are funded by the taxpayers to replace the taxpayers. It's all insane. Uh, They're actually foreign firms. So the story's here. At least 50% of the best paid asylum accommodation firms are foreign owned. Furious Dale Spending Watchdog launches investigation into state payments to private accommodation providers. Almost half of the companies earning the most from lucrative state contracts to provide accommodation for refugees and asylum seekers are fully or majority owned by entities based abroad, including tax havens such as the Isle of Man, Guernsey, and the British Virgin Islands. The revelation has sparked a furious response from the Dale uh, Spending Watchdog, which is planning a major investigation into the huge state payments to private accommodation providers. The Department of Integration paid more than $1.3 billion in the first nine months of last year to companies providing accommodation for international protection applicants, a.k.a. fake uh, asylum seekers. Of the top 22 earners in that period who were together paid 379 million pounds, 10 are ultimately owned or majority owned companies registered outside of Ireland. So they're they're actually paying foreigners to house foreigners. Like there's nothing about this that benefits the natives of Ireland or the natives of America. It is all a deliberate exploitation of uh, the people that built the countries that they are now occupying and dominating. Now, with that, let's get into John Stewart. I'll just say again, in case you're just tuning in, uh, John Stewart is extremely sophisticated. He is extremely funny. He's extremely good at what he does. Uh, you know, nothing but nothing but respect, even though what he's doing is really subversive and, uh, dishonest but he's very good at he but he's very good at it and you know they they replaced john stewart with some south african dude who was just not funny at all like even a little bit why they replaced john stewart with this guy 
I can't possibly say other than some sort of DEI diversity. The guy's black, so he's got a British accent, so that tricks Americans into thinking he's smart. Um, but it just failed. It failed utterly. And so John Stewart has returned here in the in the final hour to rescue the Democrats from their own flailing incompetence. And I used to watch Daily Show quite a bit, and I remember being in college or uh, you know just out of high school and not understanding how people like my dad would say John Stewart is, is a leftist propagandist. He'd be like, no, he, but he makes fun of both sides. No, he makes fun of Obama a lot. And it's, it's because he's sophisticated. It's because John Stewart is sophisticated in the way that he deploys propaganda. And we'll see this on display here. He starts off seemingly mocking Joe Biden and his age situation. But if you actually dissect what's actually going on here as he compares it to Donald Trump, you realize that what people walk away with, what they're left with, is a feeling that not only is Joe Biden's age issue kind of just funny and not that big of a deal, but that it's Trump that really we should be worried about. So we'll go to this clip now. Uh, I'll have to stop it probably uh, at some point and, and interject to try to explain what's going on. Uh, the, the whole clip's about eight minutes. It was posted on The Daily Show Twitter today. Let's go to clip number 10. Here's uh, John Stewart's triumphant return to rescue the Democrats, again, from their own flailing incompetence. Let's watch. These two candidates, they are both similarly challenged. And it is not crazy to think that the oldest people in the history of the country to ever run for president might have some of these challenges. Now, Democrats will say that any criticism like this, especially of Biden, is unfair because you just don't know Biden like they know Biden. President Biden, who I've been around uh, numerous times just in this last year, is sharp, he's focused, he's bright. He is sharp, intensely probing, and detail-oriented and focused. This is a man who is sharp, who is on top of his game, who knows what's going on. He's smart, he's on his game. I was in almost every meeting with the president, and the president was in front of and on top of it all, coordinating and directing leaders who are in charge of America's national security, not to mention our allies around the globe. Did anyone film that? <laughs> because if you're... If you're telling us behind the scenes he is sharp and full of energy and on top of it and really in control and leading, you should film that. <laughs> that would be good to show to people <laughs> instead of a TikTok where he goes, he's funny. We see he's in charge. You see, I like cookies. <laughs> So that's very, all right, let's, we'll, we'll pause it. We'll pause it for just a second because then he goes on after this. Spoiler alert! Uh, to basically insinuate that it's exactly the same with Trump. He makes a very good point, right? It is absurd. We've pointed this out a million times, but it, it is just beyond insane to think that Joe Biden, when he's in front of a camera, is a blithering retard and just can't string three words together and forgets where he is half the time and is an embarrassing mess. But behind the scenes, well, he's, he's sharp as a tack. Oh, he's, he's, the, he's a, a mental 
juggernaut. He's just incredible. It's absurd to think that. So what we're seeing here is not just Democrats trying to spin something. This is like North Korea level uh, the the glorious leader can do no wrong and lives forever and poops gold. It's a sycophancy, a dishonesty that is actually incredibly dangerous since what they're doing is lying in order to get an incompetent moron elected president of the United States. This man has the nuclear codes and they're acting like in front of camera. It's just maybe it's something with the cameras. It's the radiation from the camera into thinking that we aren't seeing with our own eyes what we're seeing with our own eyes and not just us, but the special counsel prosecutors report says that the man can't remember anything even in his personal life. So that's the situation with Joe Biden. Now, John Stewart, through his rhetorical trickery, is going to try to insinuate and embed in, in the minds of his viewers that it's the exact same with Donald Trump. And then he starts talking about both of them as if they're both have this issue. Trump doesn't have this issue. Trump is sharp. You can see it every time you watch him on camera. You can see it in every conversation he has. The man is on top of things. He might be a little bit old, but he's younger than Biden, and he's also not fully retarded like Biden is. So let's go back to Jon Stewart here where he does his rhetorical alchemy to try to make it seem like both presidential candidates are basically the same. Let's watch. They've got a different strategy for their 77-year-old candidate. Well, first of all, Donald Trump is not an old man. He's an old man! <laughs> he is objectively an old man! Right, so again, let's, uh, if, we can just, if we can just pause it here. A bit of an overreaction, John. Bit of an overreaction. See, when you've got the Democrats blatantly lying about the competency of Joe Biden in the most egregious and outrageous way, they don't say like, well, you know, Joe Biden can slip up sometimes, but he's very good usually. Like, no, they're saying he's the sharpest man I've ever met in my life. He's a genius beyond compare. He was born from a unicorn fart and can fly on Wednesdays. Like they are just lying relentlessly. Joe, uh, Joe Stewart's response to that is just like, uh, can we see that? Can we see that? Then he shows a two-second clip of Carrie Lake responding to an insult, right? Clearly, what happened right before that is somebody tried to dismiss Donald Trump as, he's just this old man. And she's like, all right, well, look, he's not just some old man. That's what she's saying. She's not saying he's not old. She is saying you shouldn't characterize him as just some old man because he's extremely sharp. Yeah, he's elderly. She was not denying that he's 77 years old. He, she's denying that that's his defining characteristic as it is for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a senile old man. That is all he is. Donald Trump is more energetic than most 30-year-olds, and everybody can recognize that. Everybody can see that on TV every time he talks. Jon Stewart's response to that is yelling in fury. He is an old man! It's like, okay, well, hold on. Why wasn't that your response with, with Joe Biden? Why are you so much more angry at this so much like less important thing that Carrie Lake said. Carrie Lake's not deceiving people outright, lying openly, like deliberately trying to gaslight the American people. She, they take one, one out of context sentence where she is obviously responding to an insult against Donald Trump saying, hold on, don't just, don't just dismiss this man as an old man. But John Stewart's reaction is way more over the top than it is with Joe Biden. But again, if you watch this, not recognizing the rhetorical trickery going on here, you think, hey, he's making fun of Joe Biden and Donald Trump. He's even. It's not even. It's not even. It's not even close to even. 
the examples are completely uneven, and then his response makes it even more uneven. So let's go back to John Stewart, where again he tries to insinuate that uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden are both equal in that they're both old and elderly, and therefore he's talking about both of them at the same time. Joe Biden can barely string a sentence together. Donald Trump still to this day sharp as attack dominates every interview he does, every video that happens. While, by the way, under immense pressure of an entire political system trying to send him to jail for centuries. So, and, and Joe Biden, by the way, is laying on the beach in Delaware like a dead squid. No pressure, total support. Everybody's doing everything for him. He still can't handle the pressure. But let's go back to Jon Stewart, where again, he gets into the uh, age thing. Trump is objectively old. If he was a tortoise, I would tell him as a tortoise at 77, oh, young man, go off and enjoy college. But he's not a tourist. He's not a tortoise. That is not being ageist. That is being human lifespanist. One thing we know for certain is this. We have two candidates who are chronologically outside the norm of anyone who has run uh, for the presidency in this country, in the history of this country. They are the oldest people ever to run for president, breaking by only four years the record that they set! (laughs) The last time they ran, they are at the age objectively old. They're at the age. There are no more age-related milestones to hit. They got the ARP card. They've got Social Security. They've got their movie discounts. There is no, oh, wait till you hit 88. You get to drink and drive. No! The only thing left to them is a Today Show Smuckers shout-out. So again, you could just, I mean, you could just you know see what? from the images, right? It's, it's Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden side by side. He keeps talking about both of them. They're both, and, and we can just keep it playing. He does a thing where he turns to the camera and, and talks about how he's old, but he's only 60. They're 20 years older than him. But again, this is not a problem with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not the one who embarrasses himself and forgets what he's saying halfway through every sentence he tries to say. He's not the one who falls down the stairs constantly. He's not the one who falls off his bike. He's not the one who makes up words or says he talks to dead people or forgets uh, how or when his son died. None of that is an issue for Donald Trump. So to portray both of these candidates as equally old and equally incompetent is patently dishonest. It is propaganda. It's sophisticated rhetorical trickery that's being deployed to very subtly and to most people for the casual viewer. Oh, he made fun of Joe Biden and then he made fun of Donald Trump. He's he's equal. He's on both sides. His his reaction is over the top when it comes to Donald Trump. The comparison between Trump and Joe Biden in terms of mental competency having to do with their age is completely and utterly out of whack. Okay, so we'll go back to uh, the the last minute or so of this uh, clip. But again, We're just going to have to do this. We're just going to have to go on and try to explain to you how Jon Stewart is deploying sophisticated rhetorical underhandedness and sleight of hand in order to portray both of these guys as having issues. And actually, then he goes on to talk about – he's like, well, you know, but Joe Biden, he's not facing all these charges and he's not – you know, do we even need to get into the the pussy-grabbing thing? Uh, Right. So at the end of the day, what you're left with is a feeling of like, okay, both these guys are old, but Donald Trump's the one who's a criminal. That's the that's the overall takeaway that you're supposed to get from Jon Stewart's uh, dissertation. 
because he doesn't mention all of Joe Biden's scandals and all of Joe Biden's corruption and Hunter Biden and billions of dollars and 10 percent to the big guy and showers with his daughter and islands owned by him and his brother next to Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. None of that gets mentioned. Donald Trump's charges get mentioned, but not why they were brought about or how this is actually a establishment that's corrupt going after a dissident who could oppose them. None of that. It's just it's utterly dishonest. And the way it's framed makes it even more dishonest because he's acting like he's criticizing both of them when really his ire, his outrage and his his dismissiveness is targeted specifically for one candidate while the other one is is sort of laughed at as as kind of goofy. So let's go back to uh, in the last two minutes of uh, of this. The only thing left to them is a Today Show Smuckers shout out. You know what? I think we've got a new name for our election coverage. Indecision 2024 Antiques Roadshow. All right. Look. Here's what I'm going to tell you. We're not suggesting neither man is vibrant, productive, or even capable. But they're both stretching the limits of being able to handle the toughest job in the world. What's crazy is thinking that we are the ones, as voters, who must silence concerns and criticisms. It is the candidate's job to assuage concerns, not the voter's job. Well, nobody has concerns about Trump's age, only Biden. I'm not perfect, I'm under a lot of stress, but if I didn't have the supplements we have, we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down. We got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at InfoWarsStore.com. And that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. Got all these natural compounds to clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins and capillaries, clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer nitric boosters. It costs us so much to make. And now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, nitric boost, finally back in stock. 40% off out of the gates. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The American Journal, coming to you live on band.video, infowars.com forward slash show, streaming on Rumble. We're also now live on Spaces. Welcome to everybody who's listening on X Spaces. Uh, we'll, we'll bring some of you up here in just a second. The way we're going to do this, uh, Chase is in the control room, and if you request to be a speaker, we'll, we'll pretty much make you a speaker. And uh, We just ask that you keep yourself muted until I, I prompt you to go live uh, whenever uh, we go to, uh, go to comments. We still have a lot to talk about here. We've got the World Government Summit 2024. We've got the Ukraine funding bill. There's also a report in the Daily Mail about a UFO disabling a nuclear device in a plane uh, over California. Very interesting stuff. And, of course, the ongoing and horrific massacre in Rafa. 
as Israel continues its uh, policy of extermination against the people of Gaza. I suppose we'll go to that now. We covered it quite a bit yesterday, so we won't spend too much time on it. Uh, But there has been uh, several dozen people killed uh, in refugee camps. They're at the southernmost tip of Gaza. And at this point, Israel's behavior has finally seemed to extend beyond the pale. And Western leaders are actually speaking up against the genocide taking place. And I truly believe that's what it is. Let's go now to clip number five here. Watch a little little summation about uh, what exactly has led up to this point. A reminder that history did not begin on October 7th. Let's go now to clip number five. They will make you feel that it was unprovoked. Babies, their heads cut off. They're going to circulate misinformation so that the whole world believes it. Pictures of terrorists beheading children. This morning, CNN reported that Israel cannot confirm the specific claim that babies were beheaded. She claims Israeli children kidnapped and kept in cages. Uh, We found the original video was in fact published a few days before the Hamas attack. They're going to play the victim in any way possible. They're going to stand with the oppressor, ironically using pictures from the oppressed. They're going to reduce your reach every time you post about it. But the truth will always be clear for those who are willing to find it. Genocide is occurring in Palestine, and it's been happening for years, not just now. Don't let biased media push you to support the oppressor, free Palestine. So, can't uh, can't help but agree, and then it goes on to talk about uh, demoralization. Uh, this is a list of the number of people killed per day, number of Palestinians killed per day since Israel's invasion. So, uh, we are on day, let's see, exceeded past 100 days. What day are we on now? We're on day 127. And you can see it it uh, varies. You know, day two was only 58 killed. But if you jump down to uh, something like day 19, you have 755 killed. Uh, but you can just see day after day, it is literally hundreds of people a day killed. Day 12, 472. Day 13, 307. Day 14, 352. Day 15, 248. Just unimaginable. Just unimaginable the number of deaths that occur on a daily basis and how this continues on and on and on. Some days are up 700. Some days are as low as uh, 13. Some days don't have any information, maybe because there's a ceasefire. 
or maybe because the uh, information simply wasn't available. But to imagine every one of these days, hundreds and hundreds of people dying, usually upwards of 100, somewhere between 100 and 400 is about the average, with uh, day 127 being February 10th, with 117 killed that day for a total of 28,064 the source is the Gaza Ministry of Health. And of course, the only you know response to this is for people to question it, is for people to say, you're spreading Hamas numbers. None of this is debated. None of this is, is contradicted by Israel. Uh, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's 100, not 200. Like, maybe there's some discrepancy, but there's no respectable uh, organization contradicting these numbers. There's nobody actually going, actually nobody died. Everybody knows what's happening. I mean, this is happening. This is deliberate. It is horrifying. It is ongoing. And it is at the point where uh, Western leaders are sort of getting sick of it and are not uh, okay with what's happening anymore. Even the Biden administration is, is feeling frustrated because it's becoming so overtly apparent how they cannot stop Israel from doing anything. I mean, Joe Biden and his team, and we've pointed this out over and over, they keep sending people to Israel and they're like, our number one goal is to get us a pause in the fighting and nothing happens. And we send them $14 billion. They send somebody over and say, we demand a two state solution. And Israel's like, no, we're annexing Gaza. We're eliminating the people. We're turning Gaza into Israel. We're going to settle Jews there and kick out all of the Palestinians. We're just going to do that. If you don't like it, who cares? And we're like, all right, fine. Here's another $14 billion. So we just keep giving them money and keep funding their operation. And I think it has more to do with the humiliation that the Biden administration is feeling in this regard rather than actual concern or, or you know, a, a desire to stop Israel doing what they're doing. I just don't think they like being embarrassed so much and so often. Now, a strange thing about the events in Rafa, the big attack yesterday, uh, and, and let's be clear. This is different than any other attack so far. For one thing, they didn't do any attempt to warn the people that were there. Even if they did warn the people that were there, there's nowhere else to go. This was supposed to be a safe zone. This was supposed to be a place where civilians could go and not be bombed by Israel. But they are. And there's nowhere for them to go. They're right up against the border. They can't go anywhere else. So this is giving a whole different character to what's happening in Rafah versus what's happened previously. Uh, let's go to a clip here at 13. This is Britain's Foreign Secretary David Cameron responding to Israel's massacre in Rafah. We are very concerned about what is happening in Rafah because let's be clear, the people there, many of them who've moved four, five, six times before getting there and uh, it really, we think, is impossible to, to see how you can, can fight a war amongst these people. There's nowhere for them to go. Uh, they can't go south into Egypt. They can't go north and back to their homes because many have been destroyed. So we are very concerned about the situation and we want Israel to stop and think very seriously before it takes any further action. But above all, what we want is an immediate pause in the fighting. We want that pause to lead to a ceasefire a sustainable ceasefire without a return um, to further fighting. That's what should happen now. Uh, we need to get those hostages out, including the British nationals. We need to get the aid in. The best way to do that is stop the fighting now and turn that into a permanent sustainable ceasefire. 
So again, we're seeing comments like that from a lot of uh, Western leaders. That was David Cameron, but you know, really highlights just how um, inhuman the action of uh, Israel has been in Rafah, really everywhere, but specifically in Rafah as well. And uh, and we'll get into an interesting wrinkle in this. In the other on the other side, we'll cover uh, a lie that's being used to justify the actions in Rafah. And the justification they're making is not actually true. And we'll we'll debunk that on the other side. Then we'll go out to spaces and hear from you fine folks uh, for the next hour or so before welcoming Christina Tobin. So stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered. But the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. But folks, we're standing up for our rights. We're standing up for your rights. We're standing up for all of our freedoms and our children. If you don't spread the word about the broadcast, if you don't share the links, if you don't buy products at InfoWarsStore.com, then I'm not griping at you. I'm just saying, what are you doing? Less than 1% of you ever buy a product at InfoWarsStore.com. If just a half a percent more would go buy a book or a film or a t-shirt or get some of our great supplements and then reorder them because they really work, just try it. We would be able to do so many things. I'm praying to God that he'll touch your heart to decide to support us. Infowarstore.com. It's been sold out. It's back in stock. Reformulated even stronger. Nitric boost to clean out your blood and your whole body. Vasodilation. It's got a lot of wonderful side effects, and I mean good ones. I'm going to leave it at that. It is powerful, so be careful with it. Next Level Foundational Energy, Infowarstore.com. Or triple eight two five three three one three nine. You're listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the American Journal, Infowars.com forward slash show we are live on spaces as well and for some reason my phone is uh, not letting me turn it down <laughs> this is weird we're trying to do we're trying to do some unique stuff here where we actually uh, go live on spaces during the commercial break so if you want to uh, join the conversation rather than hear the commercials you got to go follow us on spaces at Infowars is the one hosting the space i'm co-hosting at harrison h smith and chase geyser is as well so finishing up our coverage here with uh, Israel, and then we'll go to uh, whoever wants to speak next on spaces. Here is an interesting little wrinkle in the story about 
what's happening in Rafah. CNN reports Israeli forces rescue two hostages as airstrikes kill around 100 Palestinians in Rafah. Two Israeli-Argentinian men taken captive by Hamas on October 7th were rescued on Monday in an early morning raid in which the Israeli military carried out, carried out airstrikes that local officials said killed around 100 people in the southern Gaza city of Rafah. The hostages were 60-year-old Fernando Simon Marmon and 70-year-old Louis Har. They'd spent 128 days in captivity. Both men are in relatively good condition and have since reunited with their families. And this, of course, is presented as an argument for why this was a good thing. Some people like Ben Shapiro saying, yeah, what a, what a great exercise in Rafa. We saved two hostages. Good job, guys. This was a, a great move. Of course, I would... I would argue whether that's the case. I, I, I mean, there were hostages. There were already negotiations going on. They could have negotiated for these hostages. I don't think it was necessary to carry this out. And I also don't think killing 100 people to save two is necessarily the right thing to do, especially when those two weren't in imminent danger of death. They were, they were hostages that had been there for 128 days and probably would have been there for longer. So they shortened their their condition as hostages but they also killed 100 people almost entirely women and children who were refugees who'd already been bombed and escaped uh, and were living in uh, refugee camps but there's another wrinkle to this which is that these two guys were actually rescued uh two weeks ago so that's kind of weird from censored voice Israel lies again. Hostages were not rescued yesterday. The hostages were, in fact, rescued on the 2nd of February. IOF carried out a massacre in Rafah. They portrayed it as a victorious rescue operation that matched their Super Bowl ad theme. While the hostages were actually rescued not on the 12th of February, they were rescued on the 2nd of February. And so they have screenshots from a Haaretz article where they show Louis Har, 70, was rescued February 2nd, 2024. Fernando Marmon, 60, kidnapped from his home and rescued on February 2nd, 2024. Now, the Haaretz article has been changed at this point, but as of yesterday, it still said that they had been rescued on February 2nd. Uh, from Hamas, and again, we don't know if this is true. This could be, this could be a lie. Uh, but according to Hamas, in fact, three hostages were killed during the attack on Rafah. Al-Qassam brigades announced the killing of three of the eight Zionist prisoners who were reported yesterday as having been seriously injured in the barbaric uh, Zionist raids on the Gaza Strip, saying, quote, we will postpone announcing the names and photos of the dead uh, for days to come until the fate of the rest of the wounded becomes clear. So apparently, and uh, none of this is really confirmed in a traditional way because it's a war zone and both sides have reasons to uh, manipulate the media, and it could very well be that the hostages were killed by the hostage takers, then they said, Actually, it was Israel who killed him. We don't really know. But taking this at face value, it seems as though uh, two hostages were not rescued yesterday. In fact, three hostages were killed. And some of this is, is confirmed by even Israeli media who say that, you know, some of the airstrikes uh, the day before yesterday killed some of the, um, some of the, some of the hostages that were held there. And, and it, it gets even more confusing because there was, in fact, another article saying that this guy, Lewis Har, was killed, or was rescued, rather. Lewis Har, the hostage, not rescued yesterday. Haaretz said he was rescued on February 2nd. And then there's other articles saying he was actually rescued in December of last year. Uh, and so there's uh, actually an Argentinian uh, article that says that. So 
Again, sort of a sort of a thin excuse for killing 100 women and children, uh, but that excuse, as thin as it was, may not have been accurate or uh, appropriate whatsoever. And apparently, uh, nobody was rescued. Three of them were killed, and that's that's war for you, folks. So, with that, we'll hear from some of our spaces members. Uh, I know Din, uh, Din the the Hui. How do you pronounce that? Uh, you are a speaker, and you can feel free to take yourself live. I also see... Okay, Din, yeah, welcome to the show. Okay, <clears throat> good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm from Vietnam. I appreciate about this space. I like America, and I like to Donald Trump. Yes, through this space, I know more about the war and about the politics in your country. And uh, actually, I uh, I follow the Mr. Donald Trump, yes, and I would like to uh, say hello to everybody and make friends with you. Yes. And uh, thank you so much for the information you give in this space. Uh, you know, uh, from uh, Vietnam, we don't know much about uh, the war, you know, over the war. But through uh, each platform, I, we know more about this. And uh, uh, I really appreciate about, about the uh, space today. Thank you so much for the information with the info war, right? Wow, yes. thank you so much. I, I love it. I love when we get yeah. uh, international callers or international uh, fans. How did you find out about us, uh, I'm wondering? Uh, just uh, by chance, I open uh, my phone and I uh, I see the, the the title of the space and I join here and I, I would like to make friends with you because uh, I, I I just listen and I I understand that's uh, all you say and I uh, because you know uh, in Vietnam a long time ago we have the war and I I understand so much about the the the, the victim of the war uh, uh, what they have to suffer through the war and. Yes, actually, uh, I, uh, I I agree with all uh, the things that you share in this way today. Thank you so much. Yeah. Wow. Thank, thank you very much. I have a friend that uh, one of my best friends from middle school uh, moved to Vietnam for a while and just like loves it more than anything else in the world. Uh, and I was actually just listening to a, an extended podcast about the Vietnam War. And my goodness, uh, Vietnam went through true hell and it wasn't just from america primarily it was but man it was like even once america left it only got worse and uh from from china attacking and everything it's uh i'm i'm so glad that vietnam is now uh, as far as as far as the people i know that are there uh, an extremely well run and uh very nice country so thank you very much love love hearing from people from around the world thank you den uh, awesome stuff uh, seminar uh, if, if you'd like to uh, go live, I am the seminar caller uh, has requested. Go ahead, seminar. Hi, uh, real fast. I want to say this is not medical advice. Consult your doctor. My views do not reflect that of InfoWars necessarily. Um, I've been on antidepressants for about 26 years, um, 30, 37 now. I've been on countless drugs, um, prescription drugs. Uh, I had two field attempts last year to come off of these drugs mm. and uh the manufacturers do not provide legitimate studies on how to safely cough the drugs or the appropriate doses to do so and doctors do not know how to help um there are I've, after struggling through this last year i found resources online through forums and facebook groups where people could help you slowly taper off the drugs uh over a two to three year period i'm currently uh coming off my 
depressant one to two percent a week it's going to be it's going to be a two and a half year process um if you're struggling to come off uh into the presence i highly suggest you look up um just look up your whatever your drug is and then type in um hyperbolic tapering and there's i mean there for, for every drug that exists there's one on facebook a group that will most likely exist that will guide you on how to slowly come off the drug um Again, the, the manufacturers don't provide low enough doses for you to come off safely without horrible, horrible withdrawals. They just are totally debilitating. Right, and the longer you're on them, the harder it is. Why is it important to you to to want to get off um, antidepressants? So, um, as I, I've been on a long time, and they just after a while, these don't work anymore. And then on top of that, um, the health benefits are the health there's been losses in my health, like in uh, high blood pressure, extreme weight gain, uh, just rapid, rapid weight gain, um, cholesterol. I mean, just all kinds of horrible side effects that happen, brain zaps. And I mean, like uh, uncontrollable sweating, I just horribly sweating just all the time. And I'm just tired of it. And yeah, um, absolutely. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad that you're, you're doing what it takes to get off of them. And of course, uh, you know, InfoWars uh, has a lot of supplements. We always promote the natural over the pharmaceutical, yes. always promoting uh, just going to what nature provides rather than uh, what, what the pharmaceutical companies come up with because, yeah, the side effects are, are brutal. InfoWarsStore.com also keeps us on the air. We'll be right back. One of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep. By and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections, masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious, and you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's that's a hard thing to do because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity and that there's mass sterilization that's already taken place and they're cutting off all the major energy sources is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com. <laughs> 